You're listening to Keystone Cold Cases, a podcast where we reignite cold cases across Pennsylvania. Hey, it's Chelsea. Hi, it's Shannon. Today's my spooky story, and I am doing Fort Mifflin, which is one of the oldest forts that were was in commission in actually in the country. The fort is located down by Philadelphia Airport. It's one of the only remaining Revolutionary War, war battlefields intact, and it was also utilized during the Civil War, World War One, and World War Two. It's also considered one of the most terrifying places in Pennsylvania. So Fort Mifflin was originally called Fort Island Battery and also known as Mud Island Fort. And it was built in 1772 by the British to protect Philadelphia because they had to hold on Philadelphia at the time. So American soldiers were charged with holding off the British from getting provisions to those troops in Philadelphia and were able to, you know, take over that fort. Across the river was Fort Mercer, so the American troops had control of both forts. While Washington and his troops were moving into their winter quarters, which we know from uh, Chelsea's story last week, it was in Valley Forge, Pennsylvania. So they were uh, Fort Mifflin and Fort Mercer to to delay any chance of British troops getting their getting their supplies and their ammunition up to Philadelphia. In November of 1777, the British went on the offensive, determined to bring the, the troops the supplies ammunition. So they started bombarding Fort Mifflin with cannon fire and hand grenades. So Fort Mifflin only had like 10 cannons to return fire with, um, but they were just outmatched. The British ships had like over 200 cannons on their on their ships. So they were just completely outmatched. Um, it is estimated that during a one-hour period, a thousand cannonballs were fired at the fort. That's crazy to think of. I know, right? American troops ran out of ammunition, so they crossed the river to Fort Mercer and set fire to Fort Mifflin. So that uh, the fort was then later restored um, in 1863 for use during the Civil War. It was housing Union soldiers, civilians, and also Confederate prisoners of war from the battle. Battle of Gettysburg. And then in World War One and World War Two, it was used as part of the Naval Naval Ammunition Depot. And, dur- and during World War II, it played a small role in defense of the Delaware River. The federal government decommissioned Fort Methylon in 1954 after 183 years of service and ownership transferred to the city of Philadelphia in 1962. And then in 1970, the U.S. Department of the Interior named it a National Historic Landmark in 1970. So this is the good stuff now coming up, the hauntings. So during the year, the years it was active and the war efforts, you know, hundreds of soldiers were either killed or, you know, they died from disease or starvation. And paranormal investigators that have been to Fort Mifflin say that it is one of the most haunted places in the world. The first known event was in as far back as 1778. So there was no women present at the time on the fort. But they could hear the wailing of women, like lamenting the loss of their men on this on that besiege from the British ships. So currently, like disembodied voices also include the voices of children, the barking of dogs when none are present. 
And then a woman's screams associated with the officer's quarters are often heard and at such a volume that the police have actually been called um, out numerous times only to find that um, there's nobody there's nobody there. So that's that's pretty creepy. That's crazy. The only thing that I could think of of like them hearing a woman, I suppose, is one, someone was disguising themselves as a man is actually a woman. Or two, they right. actually did have women in there for like discreet things, if you will. Um, cause I've heard of yeah. that before. Um, that's the only thing I could think. Cause it, yeah, cause it could be totally weird. I don't know. That's the only yeah. thing I could think of. Yeah. Yeah. I know. And I, when I, when I read that, I was like, that's kind of crazy. <laughs> yeah. Or I will be honest, watching like people prank like men and stuff like that, sometimes they do scream like women. Yep. Yeah. 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 You only have to look at Home Alone and the tarantula. It's yeah. <laughs> to yes. They got it in them. Oh yeah. So she's referred to as the screaming woman in a lot of the research I did, but they've uh, they've often identified her as Elizabeth Pratt, um, who reportedly was somebody that was at the fort and hung herself in the officers' quarters. So that kind of makes sense that they're hearing those that the screams are heard mostly there. But there's nothing really too definitive about about whether or not it, you know, it is her. Visitors to Fort Mifflin have claimed to see soldiers cleaning their guns and others have had smelled like breaking bread or wood fire. Um, Others have claimed to have been touched, pushed or pulled by phantom hands. Apparently there's an affinity for blondes, which I wanted to go down there and now I'm not sure. (laughs) And there is a, a witness report of an old ghost ship. Uh, docked by the fort which i think's i think it's really really cool and oh, really that's really interesting creepy. i really yeah. i don't i don't know if you've ever heard of it it's called tall ships it happens in philly i'm not sure yeah. how close to this area we went one year for landon's birthday and it was absolutely amazing yeah they're that's incredible. what it reminds me of yeah that's what i think of too i saw them once down in wilmington like you know many years ago um but yeah it was they're 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 really cool and that, that's exactly what I think of with like tattered sails and stuff. I just get this image and it's just, it's just, it's crazy how vivid I could, you know, imagine what I, what I think it would look like. Well, I did just read in the news, they, uh, I, I'm blanking on where, but they just found like a really old, like couple hundred year old, um, like ship. Um, and they're trying to, um, I guess, excavate it and restore it. Oh, oh, awesome. Yeah, that would be cool. I love I love ships. Just think about how many ships we haven't found because it's like at the bottom of somewhere. I mean, there's I'm sure we'll find way more in the future. Yeah. yeah have you ever seen that show Drain the Oceans where they no. take, you know, they they use like sonar to to find out where things are. And then they digitally remove the ocean and you get the picture Oh, that's like, you cool. Know, obviously, yeah, a digital picture of whatever's down there. It's incredible. It's so cool. That's my plug for today. <laughs> um, so other spirits that have been seen include the lamplighter who is seen walking around with an oil-burning lamp. Uh, a psychic identified him as Joseph Atkins, but that's not been confirmed. Um, a tour guide who is dressed in period clothing and has been mistaken for an actual tour guide would not have been present. Um, the blacksmith 
named Jacob Sauer, who is supposed to close the doors in the smithy, but they don't have any evidence that anybody by that name lived at the fort. It's interesting how things are, you know, I don't want to say dreamed up, but, you know, like where this, I, you know, I'd love to know where this name came from. Yeah. You know, if there's nobody, you know, by that name, but, you know, maybe there's some historical record of a lamplighter from Philadelphia named Jacob. So it was kind of maybe a, oh, it's probably him. Uh, well, the most well-known ghost of Fort Mifflin is known as the Faceless Man. The visitors have spotted him walking through the property in Civil War attire, particularly in Casement 5. It's believed that he is the ghost of William H. Howell, who was a private in Company A of the 116th Pennsylvania Volunteers. What happened with Howell was um, he and some others were suffering uh, from bowel disease, which, you know, we now know is dysentery, um, and left their companies to get treatment because their their um, medical resources on the uh, on the fort were, I think, set on, uh, set on fire or destroyed. So they had to go to Washington to get to get treatment. So after seeing a doctor, he just went home to recover. So he just, you know, kind of deserted his station because he wasn't formally discharged. Um, so then one night, his enrolling officer, as well as three other officers, showed up at like midnight to arrest him. And by some reports, the officers were drunk. So there's a lot of like question around, you know, like why, like what were they doing there at midnight drunk to to grab a soldier? So there's a lot of speculation as to what those four were up to. So they were apparently making some commotion outside of his house. So he fired two shots out of his bedroom window to scare scare them all and um, killed one of them. He did escape, but was later found in Allent- Allentown. And then he was eventually found guilty and hanged. And he's called the faceless man because of the sack that they put over, they would put over their heads before, um, before they're hanging. So that is a crazy story. Yeah. And what's interesting, though, is he had like so much support from like his community and others. You know, it was more or less like he deserted. A lot of people were deserting. We have to make an example out of him as that's that's what people are speculating about that whole situation, because, you know, I guess because of those. So those officers actions at the time, um, they were like, dude. Um, he was just sick and wanted to go home, I guess. So, um, but yeah, you can actually visit Fort Mifflin. They have, um, candlelight ghost tours. They have, um, you can sleep with the ghosts so you can spend the night there. Oh, that's so creepy. I know. I know. I don't know if I'd be able to sleep just because sometimes reading about ghost stories and stuff or, you know, watching ghost hunters or whatever, I have to sleep with a light on because I just get all, I just get all weirded out. Uh, but I definitely don't, I definitely want to try the candlelight ghost tour, but I don't think that's going to happen this year. Um, they also have open investigations with seasoned ghost hunters and uh, private paranormal investigations if you're you know into that kind of thing you can do a six hour investigation or you can do an overnight investigation so anyone interested i'm sure that's probably how they make a lot of money by you know people who are into the paranormal because like i actually have never seen um the area and looking at these pictures it's huge Uh 
Mm-hmm. So I'm sure they have to pay to maintain that. Yeah. So I'm pretty sure all our true crime people love to do those extra spooky activities, especially yeah. during spooky season. Yeah, for sure. Um, so the website for Fort Mifflin is uh, us. So you could go in, you can go in and read about, read about the fort. You can go out and, um, you know, set up, you know, set up one of those ghost tours or, you know, sleepovers if you want to do that too. That's all we have for this episode of the Keystone Cold Cases podcast. Please remember never to reach out to the family or friends of the victims, only to law enforcement, if you have any tips. This episode was researched and recorded by me, Shannon. Find all of our sources, social media connections, and contact information at kccpod.com. Theme music and production assistance by Darren Makins. Join us next time for another case to sleuth out.